With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's not a weekend like this. When are you going to play for your uh, musical guests? It's got to be the Beach Boys, Oh, it right? has to a little, be. Uh, going to the beach music, good vibrations. Now, that comes from Pet Sounds. Uh, Johnny, uh, I think that's Johnny Height's favorite uh, uh, Beach Boys album, uh, Pet Sounds. But uh, they were the uh, inventors of the California Sound. 1961 is when they started. And heck, it was only two years later that I saw them at Excelsior Roller Rink. Really? Excelsior Roller Rink, yes. And uh, that's what we had for a musical venue back then. They would come out and you'd show up and they could hold maybe 800 people standing there. Well, I was going to say, was it around the block people? Uh, Well, it was was weird. I mean, concerts were, didn't draw that kind of crowds then, you know. And these guys, they were getting big. They had a lot of hits right then. The Beach Boys, uh, a very interesting group, of course. Uh, None more so than the than the uh, genius of the group, uh, Brian Wilson, who, and this kind of sounds to me like a guy who'd be Kenny's hero, doesn't it? (laughs) For a long period in the 1970s, uh, Brian Wilson uh, was uh, he was derailed by drug abuse and a crumbling marriage, and uh, he also had that uh, Rasputin character. uh, hanging over him, uh, Landy, that guy Landy, who was his like psychologist or whatever, who was a evil guy. But he basically spent about three years in bed, and you know, hanging out in bed, doing not using drugs, watching television. He uh, he got to weighing over three hundred pounds. Occasionally at night, he would be spotted at Las Vegas, uh, Los Angeles clubs, in a bathrobe and slips and slippers. Clearly in an altered state of mind. Uh, they finally got to him and brought him back. And, of course, uh, Brian Wilson, he was a little damaged. If you've heard him talk, heard him talk now, it's not real easy for him to express himself. But uh, he did come fighting back. Yes, John. Well, I, I forgot to mention to Johnny that the Beach Boys were the featured musical guest. And John yeah. being, of course, yes. a massive Beach Boys guy. Yes. Yes. Hello. Yes. yes. Hello. <laughs> what are you, Sid? Uh, what, 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 no, the, we, were, we, were, we were we were just uh, talking, talking about, about Brian, Brian Wilson, Wilson Beach oh, Boys, yeah. Boys, and yeah. uh, well, uh, what was the name of the evil guy, Landy? Uh, uh, Land, uh, Landy, Doctor. I don't uh, remember. And, his and first what did name. he? Did he get him going on LSD? Uh, no, uh, he no. Brian got himself got going him on going LSD. On that, yeah, uh, Landy was trying to uh, get him out of bed and and cure him, but by mm-hmm. doing so, he was also basically controlling his every move mm-hmm. uh, and giving him different drugs. To, okay. To quote, so he him. robbed him blind, basically. Is that? Uh, yeah. he, he did not really. Uh, no, mm-hmm. uh, it was just more of a power thing. Uh, and he and he did try to become uh, part of the business 
to get part of the money from Brian for writing and songs. And of course, they cetera, they had had to overcome the uh, the autocratic father too, right? Yeah, I the mean, they, they finally was, got yeah. rid of dad, and then they had this guy to deal with. Well, right? apparently, the father could be very violent. And, yes, uh, Brian could only hear out of one ear because dad smacked yeah, him yeah, upside dad smacked the ear. Him in the ear. Yeah, yeah. Which, dad was. Uh, oh, I didn't know guy. that. Yeah. Well, that yeah, it's a it's a it's a fantastic story, but uh, Brian Wilson. Uh, so uh, Carl Wilson, he died at fifty-one of lung cancer. Was yeah. he a, a great guitarist or just okay? No, he was. He was a good guitarist. He was a killer vocalist. That okay? Like God only knows that song. That's mm-hmm. that's Carl singing lead okay. on that. Gorgeous, gorgeous voice. Yeah, he was a good guitar player. Nothing special, but he certainly for what they did, he was perfect. Now uh, Brian still they they get him out and about mm-hmm. a little bit now, right? There's uh, who's still going then? Him. Well, uh, Jardine, is Jardine still going? Uh, Jardine is, has his own little act going. Okay. Uh, although he was the one who also toured with Brian briefly. Uh, they get along, uh, and Brian uh, toured with the Beach Boys, what was it, three years ago? And then that fell apart quickly okay. because Mike Love is a... Mike uh, Love is a <clears throat> power-hungry guy, too, right? He's, yeah, and he always blames Brian for everything, and it's, you know... Yeah, it's... What it's documentary a did I see? I saw a great document. Well, it was about trying to make smile, yep. right? Yep, But it was... Uh, it was uh, it's, uh, it's a fascinating uh, struggle for uh, power in there. And the all. whole band's history yeah, is just, you're right, fascinating <laughs> to the nth degree. And by the way, we're also going to slip in a couple of tunes today from the... Jan and Dean, who Jan basically Dean. played off, you know, they got to know mm-hmm. Brian Wilson. They picked up the Beach Boys style of music, and uh, they were probably number two, weren't they? Yeah, oh, as Brian, far as the uh, as far as the the surf bands, probably. And Brian actually uh, arranged and wrote things for them, so it was. It, I I wouldn't call it an offshoot, but he certainly mm-hmm. had a hand in what they were doing too. Serious question in terms of longevity. I mean, how many bands have done it longer than these guys have? Well, I mean, I get it that they've yeah. that, that they have been in parts and whatnot, but yeah, Stones, you know, roughly sixty three, uh, same time. Wow. Graham. Um, yeah, I don't know, not not many. You're right, very few. It's Jan an incredible Dean, run. Uh, Jan and Dean had a uh, a bad uh, a bad break when the uh, car car accident took place in 1966, and the yeah. guy got brain damage. Got right? Brain damage, and uh, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. Dead Man's Curve. Uh, Dead Man's Curve. Yeah. Which, by the way, we have not included in today's Friday Fun Fest tune. <laughs> not really much of an uplifting Dead tune. Dead Man's Curve does not get us in the mood <laughs> for Memorial Day weekend. Doesn't does fit it? the theme. No, no not it doesn't. at all. But the uh, we we had to, we've never had the Beach Boys on the Friday Fun Fest. But uh, now are the Beach? They're coming here. Is it State Fair? What are they uh, coming here? I think it is State Fair. Mm-hmm. I believe you're correct. That's the Mike Love version okay. of the band. I. I just can't go see those old bands after seeing McCartney here. It was great. I love McCartney. But seeing the 65-year-old gals get up and wiggle, it just, it just doesn't, it doesn't work for me. They think they're back and, you know, sit down, honey, and watch it with the rest of us. Yeah, it is a concert yeah. where you need an ibuprofen yes, stand. Right, yeah, you do. You, you just, you just, just, uh, come on. You know, get your icy hot here. Yes, right. Yeah, we we don't need to watch. Was this. anybody yelling? Turn it down! My <laughs> God! But Pat, no, Pat, we were all just waiting for the next Wings song, that's, so we could go to the bathroom. Oh, thank God, it's a Wings tune. I gotta take a leak. <laughs> no, it wasn't exactly the Wings ones. It's it's the mod. It's the, the ones. New, the newer, the newer McCartney. Ones. Every time that it was a yeah. stampede to the bathroom. Every time he did that. Although uh, Pat, the uh, the best part about the McCartney song because I sat next to John, who I know enjoyed it thoroughly. Yes. And I said, 
hey, is this the one? And I kept bugging him the entire show. And he's like, oh, my God, shut up and just listen to the music. Explain this, Height. You're such a Beatles guy. How can McCartney write so many unbelievably good songs as part of the Beatles and even the early days with Wings, and now everything he turns out is just garbage? Well, don't, don't you think you only have so many good yeah. songs? I mean, I, name another songwriter who wrote great songs for 30, 35 years. Tom Waits. All right, well, I'll give you Tom Waits. I'll give you Kenny Tom Waits. Here's, uh, <laughs> here's, here's, I got one McCartney question on the Friday Fun Fest. Yes, sir. Why the hell wasn't he at the royal wedding? Oh, Elton John yeah. was there with his guy. Well, and his daughter did the dress. His daughter yeah. did the That's dress. Where the hell was he? I I thought he 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 wasn't around. That's a good point. He wasn't around there. I don't know uh, what's what's the deal is. I can see not inviting Ringo, but uh, <laughs> you know, you mentioned Johnny about you know only having so many hit songs. It's kind of like doing radio. You know, you only have so many good shows yeah. in you. You got to yeah. have a few clients. That, ex- that explains a lot. I think I got a couple years left, and that's yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. All right. I don't know. I I just feel bad. I wish I hadn't brought up Harvey Weinstein's unit. That's all I can say. Hey, you know what? It happens. <laughs> yeah. Come on. I drive. Wait. The cheap Polacks did it again. <laughs> they got rid of Hanley Ramirez. No, it wasn't them. It was the Boston Red Sox. But uh, this has caused a quite a consternation in Red Sox Nation. I will say, among all the nations we have now, I think the Red Sox might have been the first one to use it, don't you? Uh, one of the very yeah, first. Probably, the first. Yeah, probably the, the first. first. Now everybody else uses it. But uh, there is a Red Sox uh, psycho following out there. And uh, the fact that uh, out of nowhere, this was not rumored in any way, the Red Sox decided to dump Hanley Ramirez today, put him, uh, designate him for assignment they will have to pay him fifteen million dollars for the remaining uh, remainder of the season, but this gets them out of paying him twenty-two million dollars next year. He uh, would have, if he would have had four hundred ninety-seven plate appearances this year, he would have been guaranteed the twenty-two. They didn't. I, I was listening to this. They didn't want to get involved in the battle if they started cutting down on his at bats. You know, mm-hmm. his, his plate appearances stopped playing them. They didn't want to get involved with a grievance or anything like that. Mm. So they just let him go. And it's, uh, he was really good in, uh, the, uh, in April. He's been pretty terrible in May. Uh, they got Jackie Bradley who isn't getting any hits either, but Hanley ends up with, uh, 29 RBIs there already this year. And I remember watching some of their games in, uh, April. And everybody was saying, oh, he looks like the new Hanley, man. He looks great. He's in good shape. All those things. Well, the uh, game I watched in spring training uh against the Twins, he had three hits Uh that day. And it was the last day of spring training. He Uh looked pretty good that day. He started May with an 0 for 6. uh, And now he's, uh, lately, he's been 0 for 20 in the last five games. He, uh, for this month, he was batting 163. And he had a high ground ball rate. We got no launch angle. Nope. His launch mm. angle had disappeared. Uh, and 
2017, he only hit 242. And 2015, he only hit 249. And they just decided what they'd seen this month. They don't want to be on the hook for $22 million next year. But when you're... When the two best teams are in baseball are in the same division and they're your arch rivals and you're one loss behind them, <laughs> it's not going to go over real popular with people. That's for sure. And you look back too when they signed him, you know, after he had gotten done playing mm-hmm. with the Dodgers. And remember, they signed Big Panda at the same time and they yes. ate both of those contracts. Yeah, five years, 95 for Panda. But remember, the, the, they put Hanley in left field. At first, that's right. He almost killed himself. It was uh, he was dangerous out there, and he had the "I don't want to be in left field" attitude too. Right? I mean, he did not. uh, Kind of like another Ramirez that they had playing in left field many years ago. He was not banging (laughs) off the uh, the wall or anything. But uh, that's quite the controversial uh, uh, decision, to say the least. And. I want to give credit to our people running the 1500ESPN.com website. Okay. We already got the Will Hanley Ramirez oh, be a good yes. fit for the oh, yeah. piece up there. We could put him in left field. No, we probably could I, <laughs> Well, we've done worse. But, but the thing, right field. Why, why not? <laughs> we had, a big, we had big Miguel out there for a while. Um, he is a right-handed bat. Uh, yes. Well, I don't think it's outrageous that they'll check because these guys yeah. do goofy stuff. But it would seem to me Cleveland, which is looking for offense, yeah, and they got that Alonso playing first base, but he's a left-handed hitter. Uh, they except they already have in Carson and Carnacion, yeah, and there's no other spot for him to play. But uh, if he'd want to come over and play halftime with Cleveland, might be a chance to win. Who else would want him? The Yankees might do it just to be nasty, huh? Just to stick it to the Red Sox. Well, yeah. he's limiting himself to the American <laughs> League because right he now. doesn't have a position. Yeah. Right now, they, well, they can put him at first. He's not too good, but they can put him at first. Right now, though, Greg Bird just got sent out on a rehab. So the Yankees could use a first baseman, but they just sent him out on rehab. So, But you are seeing that trend, too, Pat, with, with in baseball where if, Unless, you know, J.D. Martinez got yeah. a, a decent contract. But if you don't have a position, there's mm-hmm. not really a giant market well, for you. He's 34 years old, and uh, he will uh, he will be signing. Wherever he ends up this year, he'll be signing with somebody for about five next year, if, if he's lucky. So, yeah. yeah. But uh, Hanley is, uh, remember when he was a shortstop? Well, he the yep. last two years <laughs> with the Dodgers, he was still playing shortstop. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. But yeah, when he was a kid with Florida, man, he was good. It looked like he was going to be good, but it's... Uh, it is uh, funny to, uh, I'm sure that the, uh, and if the Red Sox, who have been playing really good, sputter a little here, you're gonna, they're going to get beat up bad, aren't they? Yeah, they will. I'm but, waiting to see my guy Shaughnessy, uh, what he checks in with. Was he a Hanley guy? Oh, I don't know. Or but it's, but just to rip the Red Sox. Yeah. It's an opportunity. <laughs> but he'll blame Ben. We we want to blame the Polads. He'll blame Belichick. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, more well, uh, more unhappiness with Belichick. Yeah, so uh, yeah, that's uh, quite the deal. Meanwhile, the Twins, we won't have a lineup here. Uh, we'll probably get a lineup in the, about the second hour sometime. We'll see. A yeah, because we got the late start tonight. See if Big Miggy's at third or if he's DH. And I said what I read today is the, the he'll probably DH tonight, and then especially with Morrison playing first base. Although Morrison probably could take the night off. With uh, against Paxton. James Paxton pitching, I, th- yeah. I think they might do everybody a favor if they gave him the night off. But then, who are they going to play? 
Because well, well I guess you could put uh, Snow at first, I suppose, and then they got four. They got a four man bench right now, yeah, and man. Lamar, and they I forgot. I forgot Lamar Lamar's up play. too. Yeah. Lamar will play. They'll make Kepler and Rosario go take axe at him, and maybe put Miguel at first. Well, That's Kepler's right. no, but who else? DH is and Robbie Grossman, I guess. I forgot about Robbie. How can you forget about Robbie? Well, uh, Seattle all beat to hell, so the Twins ought to be able to pitch pretty good against them, but they won't score many runs. I don't know who's pitching after. I didn't see who's pitching after Paxton. It goes uh, Romero tonight, and then tomorrow is Oder Rizzi, correct? Yeah, or is it Barrios? But, but I'm wondering who's pitching for the bad guys. Oh, I, I, did, I forgot to look. Are we seeing Felix this weekend? Uh, no, he pitched yesterday. Oh, did he pitch yeah, yesterday? He okay. pitched, uh, oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. So, by the way, speaking of uh, Seattle and former Seattle pitchers, Pineda has uh, started to uh, throw. Did you see that? There's really? not a chance he's going to throw this year. Yeah, is they think he might pitch really? in September. September. Yeah. Oh, okay. Too much oh, pitching. We already have. What are we going to do when Herb gets I, I back? I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do with Herb. But uh, <laughs> boy, it is amazing, isn't it? The estimates you receive, not only from the Twins but from everybody, on when somebody might be back from an injury. Right. You know, <laughs> Herb. He should be ready. Herb was going to be good by May 1st, right? Yep. When did we, did we figure May 1st? It's going to be closer to July 1st, but what the hell. Uh, Miguel. <laughs> Only uh, difference of two months. Miguel, uh, Miguel tweaked it. We're going to, a couple of days, we'll see. He, he won't have played for a month. Joe. Uh, Joe's, yeah, Joe's now. Well, it's not too bad. He's getting a little better. Joe's probably going to miss a month. Uh, it's uh, And it's, you know what they do? The trainers end up then putting themselves by... By expressing this optimism, they always said, ah, those trainers don't know what the hell they're talking about, right? <laughs> anyway, the, uh, meanwhile, baseball all over this weekend. The Town Ball Classic tomorrow. Yep. You're starting at 10 in the morning or like? First game's at 10. We'll probably, first pitch will be closer to about 10.05 10 or so. Now, is everyone expected to stand for the anthem? Yes. and But we don't do one before each game, right? Just before the first game. That's a good idea. Just before the first That's game. Cause and who's, uh, do we have a, a grade school uh, chorus coming twins, in to sing it? Twins have selected the person this year, so I'm not exactly sure who the uh, individual is. So we're not okay. going to have anybody that's going to stay back in the clubhouse that no, doesn't want to no, stay yeah, for the anthem. You can, yeah, you can stay back in the tunnel if you uh, don't want to. Uh, <laughs> Although when we did, the first year when we played, we had this great team photo and everybody took a picture and then... Everybody got off the field, and we forgot a guy in the bathroom. <laughs> what's the uh, What's the weather forecast? It's going to be hot. It's gonna, It's not going to no, rain. But, but I mean, no rain. No rain. No, no rain. This no year rain. It's going to be hot. And we've well, actually been good. pretty. We've been pretty lucky. the The second one we had to postpone until until last summer. But uh, for the most part, if the first year was seventy five and perfect outside. We've been pretty lucky with weather. Well, the Town Ball Classic, uh, come out and see some good Town Ball. Meesville, the uh, Kimball, the defending Class C champs, and uh, Meesville, the two-time defending Class B champs, mm-hmm. and then Class A All-Stars, what, Minneapolis and St. Paul? Minneapolis versus St. Paul. I'm looking forward to that, because this is the cream of the crop, baby. These are good players. Yeah. I, I I hadn't been in a Class A tournament in 100 years, and I went out and saw Minnetonka play St. Paul, I think, and there's yep. some good players. Yes. A-ballers. A We'll uh, be uh, back. Uh, this is the Ride with Racy, the Friday Fun Fest Memorial Day Weekend Edition. Johnny Height, uh, how many Beach Boys songs do you do at uh, one of your concerts? 
Oh, boy. A few of them? Um, probably you most. Do good vibration. Oh, God, that's that's a little tough for a little three, four-piece band, Patrick. Okay. That needs keyboards. And, All right. You, know. you, you, you can't do that. Some you, of the laters, you can't bring in a piano. Huh? The later, Well, we have in the past, <laughs> yes, but, but that's not exactly a just a piano. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's, that was a little more involved in most uh-huh. songs. So. Okay. Yeah. You're, if you see a bar band doing that, there are yeah. probably about six guys there. Okay. And, and they're, right. they've been well, you could try hard, John, or oh, you could, yeah. I guess, you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, what do you got going there? Fine. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> uh, this update sponsored by Indeed. Are you hiring? With Indeed, you can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, then zero in on qualified candidates in an online dashboard. Get started at Indeed.com slash hire. Uh, the Minnesota Twins in action out on the West Coast tonight. They had the day off yesterday, of course. Uh, they're back at it against the Seattle Mariners. Fernando Romero pitches for the Twins. Uh, James Paxton goes for Boo. Seattle. Bring Challenger with you. Have him attack his head. <laughs> I do. What, what was the reporter, though, that said if it was Felix, we never would have seen him again? That yeah, right. yeah, they would have ran for a couple. He did. You know what he had? Poise. He had poise. He had poise. He had poise. <laughs> NBA playoff basketball. But he didn't have poise when he, instead of striking out Sano with a 97-mile-hour yeah. fastball, he yeah. threw him an off-speeder in the middle of the plate. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> NBA playoff basketball tonight here on 1500 ESPN. The Celtics, well, they can close out the Cavs, but they'd have to do it on the road. A Cleveland win would mean there'll be a Game 7. Celtics tonight in Cleveland. You'll hear it right here. I think the Cavs will force a Game 7. How the about the Rockets? We could not have been more wrong about that series, by yeah. the way. Yeah, wow. Well, I was Chris, wondering if they'd win one after I, the opener. Well, right. Remember, Barkley said they're going to, you know. He, it, it, Barkley said Warriors in three. Right. Warriors <laughs> <laughs> in three. Uh, speaking of that series. Yeah, uh, this Chris, isn't good news. Yeah. Chris Paul will miss. Uh, tomorrow's Game 6 of the Western Conference Finals with that right hamstring strain. Uh, Paul will travel with the Rockets to Oakland, California for the game, according to Coach Mike D'Antoni, and he will be reevaluated after the team comes back to Houston. Uh, Houston is leading that series three games to two. If he's not playing tomorrow night, it's probably going to be pretty tough for him to play Game 7, too, if there is one, which I think there will be one. So, I don't know. We'll see. I don't think he's going to play for... The rest of the, what, however long they last. Yep. Links are in New York to play the Liberty uh, tonight. Minnesota United Soccer on this station this weekend. They're playing Montreal tomorrow night at TCF Bank Stadium. 6.30 pre-match, 7 o'clock kickoff on 1500 ESPN Saturday evening. Uh, did you guys see the Eli Nastassi story from today? No, what did he do? Well... He was arrested twice in the space of six hours in his native Romania. Mm-hmm. First on suspicion of driving a car while drunk, refusing to take a breathalyzer. Six hours later, he went through a red light while he was driving a scooter. When police initially stopped the 71-year-old around 4.45 in the morning, he was driving after a night out at the swanky Hirastrau Park area of Bucharest. He was visibly drunk, according to officers, although he told them he'd only had three beers. Mm-hmm. That's what we all say. The police said officers had to block his vehicle because he wouldn't stop. Police wouldn't say who else was in the vehicle, but Romanian TV reported that uh, Ely was with two women. Stassi currently is in the middle of divorce proceedings from his fourth wife, Brigitte. (laughs) He's always been known, of course, to love the nightlife. The former U.S. and French Open champion and the bad boy of tennis from the 70s and early 80s refused to take the breathalyzer. Officers removed him from the vehicle and handcuffed him. He was later released as police opened a criminal investigation against him for drunken driving. Six hours later, Mm -hmm. he's on a scooter. He goes through a red light. Once again, 
He's arrested because his license had been suspended after the first incident. Mm-hmm. He said police manhandled him and threw him to the ground. Uh, I love uh, the, my favorite part of this story. He went into the police car with the second arrest, sat down and put on a police helmet. <laughs> How old's Ellie these days? 71. Is he really? Yeah, well. And he's still out there partying. Huh? That's good yeah. for him. He was crazy man on the tennis court, man. As he left the police station. He looked a little disheveled. Uh, he said he probably should have taken the breathalyzer test, but he uh, got into a car and drove away. So mm. he has a later court appearance, obviously. No, he didn't get into a car and he drove. He did not he drive. Rode. No, he no, rode. he rode with some representative. Yeah. Yes, uh, Mal picked him up. Illy is a, Illy is a uh, is a guy we can all be proud of. Still going that strong at age seventy one, <laughs> hanging out with two gals too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At four marriages, that always impresses me though, because uh, you know it always reminds me of one of my five favorite lines of all time. Oh. Or my friend Wicker, we had a mutual friend from Virginia who was getting married for the third time and wanted Wicker to, Wicker to be in the wedding. Mm-hmm. And Wicker said, I can't make it, but I'll be sure to be at the next one. <laughs> <laughs> I was the uh, the best man in a friend of mine, both of his weddings, and I asked him if I could reuse my uh, speech. <laughs> he, did not, uh, he did not like that line. Why not? Uh, Keith Olbermann's going to be doing some... Hey! Uh, did you see this? No. Yeah, he's, I'm he's all gonna for be, it. He's going to be doing 20 sports centers mm-hmm. over the course of a year. Filling in for Van Pelt probably yep. when he's not available, right? Yep. That uh, was the dumbest thing they did was getting rid of his show. Yeah, but Van Pelt's good. Yeah, Van I, I agree. Yes, good job. Van Pelt is pretty good. He'll also work in the studio and in the booth on ESPN's Major League Baseball coverage and appearing on network studio shows including uh, Outside the Lines. Uh, he, uh, as I said, 20 editions he will be on of the 11 p.m. sports, and that would be 10 hour time, obviously. Mm-hmm. Why did he, why, why did he uh, rip St. Peter? What was it? Remember that bit? Because we talked about it on the show. It was something related with the Twins. Do you remember that? Olbermann uh, when he was doing his show on ESPN? I don't know, buddy. I hope he doesn't hear about this is how we baseball. Oh. It might, uh, <laughs> might happen again. <laughs> ESPN executive Norby Williamson said in a press release, Keith Smart, creative perspective on the world of sports, always informs and entertains fans. Uh, St. Paul Saints in action at home tonight. They'll play the Gary South Shore Railcats. It's a 705 They'll start. have 9,000 people in there tonight. Is that what it holds? Drinking a lot of beer. Oh, when yeah. they, it holds as many people as it <laughs> choose to show yeah. up, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, you can get in now, Johnny. Don't worry. If it's overcrowded, we don't care. We don't That's care. That's right. Yeah. That's a 705 start at CHS Field. We uh, After losing that opener, I don't. I think we're unbeaten. I think we're on a roll since then. So go get them, fellas. Yep, that's, you are correct. All right. Thanks, John. Yep. Chris Olin, the coach of the St. Thomas College, uh, University of St. Thomas baseball team, and also the Meesville Mud Hens. How do you balance that schedule in the springtime, sir? Uh, well, it's kind of nice. We have, uh, you know, our season usually end up, uh, well, ideally we'd still be playing, but this year we're not. <laughs> Um, but usually, uh, the, the mud hen season doesn't really pick up till the end of May. And so by that time, uh, we're usually wrapped up with the college season. So, uh, how did you become aware of the mud hens? Uh, when did you first become aware of the mud hens? I mean, you probably knew the name, but the operation of that team. Uh, you know, when I was, you know, back in high school, a long, long time ago, uh, playing town ball, class A stuff, uh, we would go down there and play against measles mud hens back when they had their 
historic teams and all the, you know, Harry Davis and those guys who had all the metal bats and hit 40 home runs. And it just kind of had, uh, it, it had that kind of feel to it where, you know, I was like, man, if I could play there at some point, I'd really, really like to. And then, uh, I guess about give or take 10 years ago, um, I was finally legal in terms of mileage and, uh, from the ballpark, lived in Inver Grove and, uh, just, just decided to go down there and start playing for them. So, uh, how much are you chucking still? Uh, I am relegated to the closer role. Oh, I can, okay. uh, I can, uh, I can still do pretty good for about 20, 25 pitches. And, uh, beyond that, I'm getting old. So it, uh, it's still fun to go in there and, and have a little bit of uh, that competitiveness with, with everything. But, uh, realistically, if I started, I'd need about three weeks to go again. So, uh, the closer role is a little better for me now. This is a little younger roster than we used to see in the Harry Davis years. Some of those fellas played about 20 years back then. Uh, what, uh, what, what is the nucleus of the Mud the two time defending Class B champion, uh, Mudheads? What's the nucleus these days? Uh, well, we are getting a little bit older with some of our key guys. Um, Derek Marks is one, one of the guys that we've had for a while. He was the MVP uh, two years ago. Uh, Nate Hammes, another guy that's our catcher, he was MVP last year. Yep. Uh, Matt, Matt Vanderbosch, uh, he spent some time in the Red Sox organization. He's been there about as long as I have. Uh, and those are a lot, basically the main holdovers. Uh, Brian Sprout, too. He's uh, the head coach at Eastridge as well. Played, played some time with the Dodgers organization. Uh, and then we got a bunch of kids. So there's a lot of Juco guys that we have. Uh, we actually have St. John's number one starter, Jacob Dickmeyer, which oh, yeah, is kind of fun for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, he does a really nice job. And then a few other uh, Maya kids. So it, it's actually a really good mix right now where when the, the old guys get tired or until we're good in you know, late July, uh, we got some guys who can, uh, can do the job for us. Now, are you a daddy? You got a couple of kids? Uh, no, I'm uh, I'm with some kids driving right now, but okay. uh, not a daddy. No, that that makes it a little easier then, right? Uh, you don't yeah. have that obligation. Uh, I've always uh, I've always admired the town ballers who have the wife who puts up with them. It's uh, it is an interesting thing to give up your entire summer. It is. I mean, when you're down there for us, you know, we're every Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, <laughs> I mean, three nights a week, and you're you know realistically 45 minutes away, and you get home about 1 a.m. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's a lot, no question. Hey, uh, Chris, uh, you go around the country a little bit playing with, uh, you know, uh, taking the Tommies here and there, uh, go down to uh, whatever south southern trip you make and stuff like that. When you tell people about town ball in uh, Minnesota, do they have any idea what the hell you're talking about? Not at all. Um, <laughs> you know, you talk about having a bunch of uh, older gentlemen who like to still play baseball under their 30s, and I think they think it's, you know, just kind of like beer league softball. Yeah. Um, and you know, obviously you've been to some state tournaments and you, you get how the teams are. I mean, there's, this is, it's really, really good baseball where you get a bunch of ex pros, a lot of current college guys, um, a lot of guys just fresh out of, you know, double A, triple A. I mean, you get some guys that can really play. So, um, you know, I don't think it's appreciated about how popular town ball is in this state and how, how much of a big deal it is. Um, when we have, even when I have some recruits on campus at St. Thomas, you know, they'll ask me, what do you do for summer ball? I'm like, well, you know, some guys will go to the Northwoods, you know, some of our better guys can go there. But then a lot of guys, we just try to set up with really good town ball teams. Um, you know, what I see more times than not, um, even with the guys on our, our Meesville team, you know, they get a lot better, you know, playing along with some of the old guys that have some of that uh, game experience and a little bit of grit to them. Uh, the young guys learn a lot. So um, I really like the town ball uh, side of things. I think it's, 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 it's still really, really fun baseball. It's fun to watch, and I think it really does pass the game on the next, uh, the next group of guys. Chris Olean, uh, the uh, St. Thomas uh, baseball coach and also the Meesville Mudhands. It, Chris, uh, there's nothing like it. And a friend of mine's trying to do a, kind of a documentary on this. He's out uh, selling it, see if he can organize it. 
And it is a phenomenon that uh, I think if it if it ever ended up on Netflix or something, uh, it huh. American uh, uh, people who love Americana would discover something that they can't believe exists. I last year I did a thing on the Stearns County League. There's an 11 mile stretch that has four teams. The population range from 42 to 200. And the farmers aren't having 12 kids anymore. I don't know how they sustain themselves, but they do. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, for us, too, I mean, we've obviously had to expand our base. If we used, uh, you know, Measville as our, our, our home route for our players, we'd have about three guys. Yep. Um, so, so we definitely have had to expand out a little bit, find some people that are willing to make that drive. Um, but I think the, the most important thing that I think gets missed is, like, the town people are the people that make this, makes this go. You know, you have people that volunteer to work the concession stand all summer. You have field volunteer mow the lawn, take care of the field, do the, the PA. I mean, all of those things that make that experience special for a fan to come down, um, those are folks that are just straight volunteering their time. They don't even get to play. You know, I always try to remind that with some of our guys. Like, these guys aren't going out there having the fun that we are. They just, they just come down there because they like baseball. They, want, they like that town pride. And it makes a huge, huge difference for the experience that we have and obviously what the fans have. So um, I do think that's something that is very, very underappreciated with town ball. And, uh, Chris, uh, it, it, the Beesville, the Mudhens have the, the advantage of what's now about a 30-year rival with uh, Dundas that is great. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, they're, they're always fun. Those, uh, those two, three times you play a year, you get the big crowds, and it's, it, and it's always two strong, fairly well-matched teams. Very much so. I mean, Dundas is similar to us. They got a lot of guys that spend some time playing professional baseball that know what they're doing. Um, they mix in a really good group of college kids. They have a really good group of fans. Um, I actually spent a year there. <laughs> I played one summer there back in, I think it was like 2001. So I, I'm pretty familiar with uh, that group of people, too. And they, they do also do an outstanding job, obviously, uh, a great history there, too. Chris, it's Reavers. You know, I'm still mad at you that you guys knocked out my Redbirds last year, but I'll forgive you. I'll forgive you for this weekend. Uh, but I did see the tweet. Did we finally fill up the Mudhen bus? Is the Mudhen bus ready to go for tomorrow? Uh, the Mudhen bus should be good to go. I think everything's back on with that side of things. Um, you know, we're we're doing the best we can with tickets, and we're we're trying to get the entire town of I think it's like 320. So that is we're fantastic. Trying get, we're trying to get them all to come best we can, and you know, for the most part, they've been really good to us, and they've traveled really well. So. Uh, hopefully we can have a good showing tomorrow. Hey, uh, Chris, uh, one last question. As a college coach, uh, you know, there's more uh, there's more competition for young athletes than there's ever been, and uh, we often hear about baseball and, and declining numbers. Well, for one thing, there's more kids, so there's more. But yep. do, you, do you see any shortage of, of college-level talent, uh, D3-level talent, D2-level? Uh, even the Gophers now are having a, have a good club here. Do you see any shortage of talent? I don't. Um, I actually think uh, the last couple of years in particular, the high school guys that we're looking at, whether it's you know, sophomores, juniors, seniors, I mean, they've been some of the better classes I've seen come through the state. Uh, one of the things that is happening, however, is that recruiting scene is getting very, very national. Um, so yes. a guy that maybe was a no-brainer to go to the Gophers in the past, you know, that, that top two, top three guy in the state of Minnesota, well, he might be going to Kentucky now, or he might be going to Florida now. And as a result, that kind of has a little bit of a trickle-down. Um, and I think you'll see the Gophers obviously are doing a great job this year, and I think they've adjusted their recruiting accordingly as well. Where now they're, they're branching out a little bit more where they're not necessarily relying on just getting the Minnesota kids. Um, but I, I really do think baseball in Minnesota is extremely strong. Like, I think the numbers have been good. At least on my end, the interest is still extremely high. Um, and I think baseball's strong right now. Okay. Hey, Chris, uh, uh, who's, uh, so if you, if we see you tomorrow, it'll be closing, huh? 
<laughs> It'll be closing. Yep. Okay. We got a we got a little little bit of a close game, and maybe maybe I can get in tomorrow. Okay. Thanks, Chris. All right. Have a great one. Uh, Chris Oley and the uh, coach of. Uh, of St. Thomas and the Meesville Mudhands. That's a guy who loves his baseball. Man. Yes, he he's a great both, coach. I've, I know a lot of guys and, that have played or play for him, and they all and love And a him. good chucker, uh, man. He was a legendary college pitcher. We'll be back. This is The Ride with Racy. Sponsored by Firestone Complete Auto Care. Keeping cars running newer, longer. Whatever you drive, drive a Firestone. Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now, this day in history. Patrick? No, my father didn't fight in the wars. He was a navigator on a spice freighter. That's what your uncle told you. He didn't hold with your father's ideals. Thought he should have stayed here and not gotten involved. You fought in the Clone Wars? Yes. I was once a Jedi Knight, the same as your father. I wish I'd known him. He was the best star pilot in the galaxy. And a cunning warrior. I understand you've become quite a good pilot yourself. And he was a good friend. But then there was a little split in the relationship. Yeah, a little disagreement. A little bit of a mix-up. Something happened. The great Alec Guinness. I got to think, when they came to Alec and told him they wanted him in this role, he must have looked at him like, are you nuts? Are you nuts? <laughs> but uh, what a great actor. And uh, Star Wars on this day in 1977, it opened. I knew nothing about it. had paid no attention. And about the second week it was open, I hadn't heard anything about it. I took my kids. Uh, they were fairly young then, and uh, I liked it better than they did, the first Star Wars. <laughs> I think they've all gone progressively downhill since. I, the, the, the great thing about back then is it wasn't all graphics. It wasn't computerized. It was right. You were seeing some really craftsmanships, great scenes. Uh, we got Solo opening today, is it? Uh, this weekend, anyway. The new Star weekend? Wars. Yeah, that'll be huge. They're all huge. I know the modern uh, people love them, but the original, you can't beat the original. Cause it, yeah. like, because, A, you were un, completely unfamiliar with the whole thing. and The bar scene's one of the great seven or eight scenes that I've seen. It was seen. ahead of its time. And if oh. you've never seen Triumph the Insult Comic Dog going to Star Wars <laughs> Festival, do it right now. It'll change your life. It's hilarious. All right. Anyway, this day, 1977, Star Wars opened. At the Home Depot, we have the tools for you to give the gift of a smarter home with savings on top brands, like the Google Hub, a command center for your smart devices that raises the IQ of your entire home, or the Nest Learning Thermostat that helps you conserve energy and save on your bill. And if you don't know what to get, gift cards are a smart gift no matter what they get. So this year, gift smarter with savings on tools to make your holiday magic. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.